Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya wal mursaleen Muhammadu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. Wasallam. Tasliman kathiran kathiran khamabadu. My brothers and sisters, <coughs> for every kind of practice, there is a standard learning methodology. Whether, for example, whether it's carpentry or cardiology or neurosurgery or flying a plane or judo or karate or driving a car, all practices across the world, across the board, there is a standard training methodology. And what is that? You learn the theory and then you practice under somebody who knows. Right? Everywhere. You learn the theory and then you practice under somebody who knows. There is a, in some places you call it apprenticeship, in some places you call it internship, in some places you call it something else. But effectively, that's what it is. If you're learning to fly a plane, you learn the theory of how the plane flies, the theory of lift, the effect of gravity and this and that. And then you sit in the cockpit of a training plane with the instructor pilot next to you who has the controls. Same thing for all the others. I don't have to repeat. I don't want to waste your time repeating. But same thing in all the others. You learn the theory. You read the theory and then you practice under somebody who knows. Islam is a practice. Islam is not a philosophy. Islam, there is a theology in Islam, but it's not a philosophy. Islam is not a theory. Islam is not an academic concept. Islam is a deen, which is a way of life, which is a practice. If somebody knows about Islam, he or she does not become a Muslim and he or she cannot remain a Muslim only by knowing about Islam. To be a Muslim and to remain a Muslim, we have to do Islam. We have to practice Islam. I can know about Salah. I can know all the Arkan of Salah and all the Mustahabat of Salah and all the Sunan of Salah and I can know where I need to make uh, sahu and where sahu is not required and this and that I can know everything about salah I can write books about salah but if I don't pray then wallah alam I don't pronounce takfir on anybody I don't say somebody is kafir or muslim but we do not have evidence that this person is a muslim this much I can say definitely if somebody is not praying at all and somebody says is this a muslim I don't know Allah knows best Oh, but you see, he wrote so many books about Sarah. Sure, no problem. Anne-Marie Shemel, who was the head of uh, Islamic studies in Harvard for many, many years, wrote a, and she wrote many books, but she wrote a very nice book on the seerah of Rasulullah But to the best of my knowledge, and of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, but to the best of my knowledge, Anne-Marie Shemel was a Christian and died a Christian. Even though she was not a, she was very friendly about Islam. She was very supportive of Islam. She wrote this very nice book on Sirah. She wrote many other things. And we don't have one single 
negative thing to say about her with her relationship to Islam. Nothing. But she was a Christian and she died a Christian. As far as I know, Allah knows best. Now, why am I saying all this? Because today, somewhere we seem to have, generally speaking, we seem to have this impression that as far as Islam is concerned, if I watch a couple of YouTube videos by Sheikh Fulan bin Fulan and Fulan bin Fulan, or I attend some lecture somewhere, or I listen to a Juma khutbah, or I pick up one hadith from somewhere, or I read one tafsir of, of a few ayat from somewhere, I am a, I am complete in deen, and I can now say what I want, and I can pro, uh, make fatawa, and I can say this is halal, that is haram, this is permissible, I can say in my opinion, this is what the Quran says, and in my opinion, this is what it means. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajim. Now, why am I saying that? Because, alhamdulillah, 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 we have the methodology of learning or the practice of Islam. We have how it was done from the most authentic sources by Rasulullah and his sahaba, the famous story which I have, I don't know how many times I have mentioned it and of course we have heard it so many times, which is, the story of Abdullah ibn Umar who made hives of Suratul Baqarah in, in one place, in one narration I read, they said 12 years. In some other place, several years, but whatever it was, number of years. And then he gave a big walima, he slaughtered a camel, he gave a big, big walima for all his friends because he was so happy that he memorized Suratul Baqarah. Now, I come from a country where in the Darut Tahfiz of any madrasa, if the student takes more than two years, they will give him one year as grace to memorize the whole Quran. And if he cannot memorize in three years, they throw him out. They say, sorry, this, this, this student is no good. Normally, they memorize Quran in two years. The entire, all 30 Jews. Now, here is Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah who is Sahibul Kalam? He has he has the he has the language. The Quran was sent in their language. To this day, if there is a difference of opinion on the meaning of a particular word, the fuqaha and the linguists they say, let us see how the Sahaba Ridwanullahi alayhi wajmain understood this word. Right? They go back there. How did the is there any discussion among the Sahaba? Did this word? Did they talk about this? What did they say? How did they understand? They to this day. So these were the people. These are the standard as far as the language is concerned. On top of that, he is the son of Umar ibn al-Khattab. He was one of the most favorite of the students of Rasulullah And he takes so many years to memorize Surah Al-Baqarah. So they asked him. And his answer is the description of the methodology of studying the Quran. And of course, by definition, it means all of deen. And what, was, what did he say? He said... We used to take 10 ayat from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Then we would memorize those ayat. We would reflect on those ayat. We would discuss those ayat. We would talk to him about those ayat. He would explain those ayat. If there were any ahkam, any orders of Allah in those ayat, we would practice them. When we were comfortable with that, then we would go for the next 10 ayat. And this is why it took so long. So what are we seeing here? 
we are seeing exactly the same teaching and learning methodology which I described for you for any practice. We take the theory, then we practice the theory in the presence of and under the supervision of an expert. And when then we are satisfied and the expert is satisfied, then we go ahead. Right? That is the seriousness of learning of this deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which Allah blessed us with. Now, if we don't have this seriousness of learning this deen, right, I can understand. Not everybody has the opportunity or the time to go and find a sheikh and sit with them and learn. Okay, you don't have that. But at least have that sense of, uh, you know, the, the importance in your heart. Don't treat the teaching and learning of Islam like any, you know, fun and games. It is not fun and games. People, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, we have from the Sahaba downwards, from the, from the Sahaba downwards, from the Tabayin, Tabayin, all the Salafu Salihin, all the Aima, all the great classical scholars, we have story after story after story of people who dedicated their entire life. They were scholars who did not even get married. Imam Nawir Rahmatullah did not even get married. He said, I have no time. Why? Because I'm studying Islam. Now, I'm not saying you do that, but I'm just saying that seriously, let us think about this and give this deen the importance that it deserves. Let us try our best to the, to the extent possible. Wallah, Allah, each of us have our own issues. So let us try our best to learn and to stick to that and to practice it to the best of our ability and give it the dignity and importance that it deserves. This is not something you take from, from YouTube and this and that and you know, to, to, today, may Allah protect us. This internet, it is a very good resource, but it is also a huge fitra. And we seem to have taken that, you know, and, and taken to a level where, may Allah help us. I mean, all kinds of stuff. The, the problem is that when you do not have a sound basis of understanding of the Quran, of, the, of especially the Akhidah, and then, of course, the other, uh, you know, uh, principles of Islam, then it is very easy to be misled by somebody who can talk nicely. And there are many people very, very persuasively, they talk and they have arguments and they have counter arguments and so on. It can take you, I know cases where people have completely left Islam and become murtad. Thanks to YouTube videos. I'm not exaggerating. I know the people, individuals concerned, I know them, I know their names. May Allah protect them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring them back to Islam. That is how serious it is. So please, let us understand this deen, alhamdulillah, we are blessed and I cannot even imagine, I can't even express how much we are blessed because this is the difference between Jannah and Jahannam. That is the level of blessing. How do, you explain, how do I express that? I don't know. But let us treat it with the respect and with the importance and with the dignity and with the heaviness that it deserves. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu to open our hearts to the knowledge of his deen, to the hub of his Nabi alayhi salam sallallahu alayhi wasallam, to his own hub jalla jalaluhu and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to put barakah in our actions. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to practice this deed, whatever we know to the best of our ability. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open the doors for us to learn more and to practice more. And for all of this to become a witness in our favor and sadaqatul jariah for us when we 
میٹ اللہ سبحانہ و تعالی انشاء اللہ المستعان و صلی اللہ علیہ نبی الکریم و علیہ وصحبہ اجمع برحمت کے ارحم الراہبین و الحمدللہ رب العالمین